Welcome to the Empathic Mastery Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Moore, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a place where we talk about what it means to be highly sensitive and empathic, how this impacts all aspects of our lives, and we explore tools, resources, and solutions so we can shift from absorbing all the thoughts, feelings, and energy of the world around us to being beacons for calm, love, and healing. Narcissists and empaths. We've all heard about that combination. A little while ago, I was having a conversation with somebody who wanted some advice about dealing with a narcissistic friend. The thing about narcissists and empaths is that it's kind of, at first, a match made in heaven, and then it goes into a sort of match made in purgatory and eventually turns into a match made in hell. The thing about narcissists is that when we first meet them, they can be incredibly charming. They can be absolutely delightful. And as empaths, because of that ability to pick up on the thoughts, the feelings, the energy of what's going on with somebody else, what happens is the narcissist feels really good from the attention that we're giving them. And we feel really good from the attention that we're giving them. So they shower on all kinds of love and praise because it makes them look good. And we just soak up all that wonderful attention. And it really does tend to feel incredibly good when we first make those connections. The problem is that it's not sustainable. And if you've read my book, there's a section in there where I talk more about it. And I can certainly tell you, I have seen this happen for so many of the empathic women I know who married narcissistic spouses, that when kids show up and suddenly they're no longer the center of attention, all hell breaks loose. Now, this particular episode is not about dealing with a narcissistic spouse. This is more about dealing with friends who are on that narcissistic spectrum. So before I go into some suggestions and some ideas about how do we handle this, I just wanted to give you a basic rudimentary understanding of what does it mean for somebody to have a narcissistic personality disorder. This is the definition that comes directly from the Mayo Clinic. I'm not changing words or anything, but I wanted to share it with you. So narcissistic personality disorder is one of several types of personality disorders. It's a mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. But behind this mask of extreme confidence lies a fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. A narcissistic personality disorder causes problems in many areas of life, such as relationships, work, school, or financial affairs. People with narcissistic personality disorder may be generally unhappy and disappointed when they're not given the special favors or admiration they believe they deserve. They may find their relationships unfulfilling and others may not enjoy being around them. And I think that this is especially true as we get to know them and we have ongoing relationships. This person who I was talking with has been in a friendship with this particular person since they were both in high school and now they're adults. 
and they've been through a lot, and at this point in time, the narcissistic friend has been having a particularly hard time, and so they've been acting out a lot, and they've been doing some stuff that is really starting to bother my friend who was talking to me about this. And so my friend has set some boundaries with them, has told them that they're not comfortable with when they sent them <laughs> risque naked selfies and things, but somehow the message is just not getting through. The reason my person called me was because they were feeling really guilty about saying no to this person and about basically setting boundaries, setting limits, and putting the kibosh on all of this. And so I had a few things to share with this person, and I thought it was important enough to actually pass it along. The first thing that I said was, you're going to feel some grief, you're going to feel some guilt. And that's completely normal. It's completely acceptable to feel uncomfortable when you're setting a boundary with somebody, especially if you've had an ongoing relationship with them for a long time. But what I said was, and I really believe this, this is absolutely my personal experience, is that sometimes our actions are way more important than our feelings about our actions. It's completely okay to feel guilt and do it anyway. It's okay to feel fear and do it anyway. It's okay to feel grief and sadness and do something anyway. And when it comes to accepting that a relationship that we've been invested in for a really long time is not working, we're going to have feelings about that. That's completely understandable. But what matters, what we really want to be focusing on is maintaining our boundaries and holding fast with our limits, not whether we feel okay about it. Because there's going to be a period where we're probably not going to be feeling okay about saying no and setting limits especially if we're used to engaging with a narcissist who gets angry when we say no and when we set limits. I'm going to offer you a little bit of a reframe right here, which is any time somebody does not respect your boundaries, take it as evidence that they are not worthy of your friendship. Anytime somebody pushes back when you set limits and you say no, it means that they don't respect your boundaries. And it means that they don't care about you. They care about themselves and they care about what they can get from you. Anytime you set a limit and you get any kind of attitude coming at you, that's a sign that the relationship is not working. And so when you set the boundary and they act out, Take it as confirmation that you're doing the right thing. So talking about the other pieces, now that I've basically said your actions are more important than your feeling and your actions are what you need to hold fast on. So when it comes to dealing with a friend, the first step is to be clear about what you will and will not tolerate. And in clear, concise language, let somebody know, I'm not comfortable when you send me naked selfies please stop doing that. Then the second step is outline the consequences if they continue to do something like that. Basically saying, and if you continue to send me naked selfies, I am going to unfriend you and block you. I will not respond to this. 
This is not okay. What I'm talking about is about the kind of people you don't live with, that you're not putting up with on a daily basis. These are the kinds of people where you can erase them from your contact list. You can block and delete them from your phone and from your social media. I'm not talking about spouses that you're deeply entrenched with and or people that you are living with where it's a lot more complicated. First step was be clear about what you will and will not tolerate. Second step is outline the consequences of their infractions. Then the third step, and this is the one that's really important, is do not engage if they continue to persist in bad behavior. The thing about the narcissist is especially when they start to feel like they're being abandoned, if they can't get attention in a positive way, they will often pursue and seek attention in a negative way. And they will do things like act out and try to push your buttons so that you come back around. But here's the thing. You're the person who's in charge of whether you respond or not. You can be indignant, you can be frustrated, you can be pissed, you can be like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. But if you react and you give them a tidbit, you are lobbing the ball back into their court and you get to decide, are you going to serve that ball or are you going to just let it die on the court? I'm just going to stress again, we really want to remember that actions are more important than feelings right now. Setting boundaries is not comfortable for most of us, especially empaths, when we can sense somebody's pushback and we can sense that somebody disapproves of it or is not happy that we're setting a boundary. And so again, Actions are more important than feelings because we need to maintain the boundaries. We need to set them and we need to hold them even if we feel uncomfortable about it. The thing about engaging with somebody's bad behavior, I was talking with this person earlier today. I was thinking about the COVID mask analogy. Now, I don't know if you've heard this, but Basically, something that really hit me hard early on in the lockdown was that essentially, if you get sick with anything, your boundaries or your safety precautions are not adequate. So anybody who comes down with a cold and says, oh, I'm not really worried. I don't think it's COVID. It's just a cold. They're missing the point because basically... If we are doing things that expose us to any kind of a virus, we can be exposed to a lethal virus. We can be exposed to something dangerous when we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so whenever we have the experience of getting sick or coming down with something, we really need to shore up our protection and really pay attention to where are the leaks in our system. Looking at how's our hand washing, how's our mask wearing, how is our contact tracing and connections with people, and can we trust all of the people that we are choosing to spend close time with where we're not social distancing. The reason I share the COVID mask analogy is because I actually really think that the COVID mask analogy really fits when it comes to engaging with people who push our buttons. Like I said, I'm not talking about a spouse that you're living with where you're kind of entrenched in that. That can take a longer time to untangle. 
what I am talking about are those friends. I'm talking about those people who you do have boundaries. They don't live with you. And you get to decide how much connection you want to have or not have with them. Even if you are a pleaser, even if you are somebody who has a really hard time setting limits and saying no and just wants to make them happy, even if that stuff is going on, you still get to choose. If stuff is coming through, if you are noticing comments in your social media, if you are getting text messages, if you are getting emails, if you are getting uh, phone calls, if you are getting them commenting on other posts for that friends did but responding to your comments, if either you're getting any kind of stuff like that, your mask and your hand washing are not cutting it. You've got holes in your system. And this is where we really need to look at our own behavior. As I was saying to this friend earlier today, if the friend of theirs continues to send unwanted photographs and information and comments and things like that, the onus is actually not on the person who's sending it. It's on the person who has said, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to engage with this and is continuing to open the emails, is continuing to look at the text messages, is continuing to engage. And that's where we have to make the choice. If we say no, then it's up to us to hold that line, to hold that boundary, to be persistent with it. The next step is, if this person is not respecting our boundaries and is persisting in doing annoying things that are triggering and frustrating for us, then the next step is delete, unfriend, and if necessary, block, and finally, if really necessary, report. So first off, take them out of our contact list. We take them out of our phone queue for text messages. We stop following them on all social media. We cease to be friends with them. We just cut it out entirely. If you know this is a contentious relationship that can be challenging, you might want to just block at the same time. I would say reporting is one of those things where you hold out and just wait until you absolutely have to. And then the final step with all of this is stick to your guns. Absolutely stick to your guns. Even if you feel uncomfortable, even if you feel concerned that you're going to hurt their feelings. Yep, you are going to hurt their feelings because this is somebody with a mental health problem who is absolutely vulnerable to criticism, is vulnerable to abandonment, and vulnerable to rejection. And you have been one of the sources of support for them. And when you cut it off, they're not going to like it. So again, most important thing, it's about your actions, not your feelings. Stick to your guns. Okay, so that's what I got for right now about dealing with narcissistic friends. Basically, we can set limits and boundaries and explain what we will and will not tolerate. I felt really uncomfortable when you did blah, blah, blah. And if you do it again, this is what's going to happen. But if you've been around the block a number of times and it's really not working anymore, the bottom line is that it's about you and your boundaries, what you will and will not tolerate, and you get to be the gatekeeper. And that's the most important thing. 
I'd love to hear what your experience with dealing with people like this has been. Have you ever had to cut somebody off? Have you ever had to set those kind of hard boundaries? Were you shaking in your boots when you did it? Did it feel easy or did you find it was pretty uncomfortable? Which I can tell you from my experience, sometimes setting boundaries can be pretty uncomfortable. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Come on over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com and leave a comment about the times that you set boundaries. I'd love to hear about it. As we come to the end of this episode, I'd love to hear what you're taking from this show. Please jump over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com to leave your comments. In the show notes, you'll find a link to grab your copy of My Empathic Safety Guide, Three Basics for Finding Calm in the Eye of the Storm. And while you're there, please subscribe and follow this show. And thank you for your help sharing this show with the people who need it. Please help me to spread the word and send this podcast to friends or family members who need support living as highly sensitive empathic people. Then join me again when the next Empathic Mastery Show airs. Okay, one last time. Hop over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com for your empathic safety guide. And until next show, shine on. We need you and your gifts here on this planet. So please don't judge your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards.